0: friends, welcome. This is the Man Overseas Podcast. I'm glad you're joining me. I'm coming to you from overseas, true to the name, and if you care to guess where I am, I'll give you a few hints. This is arguably the digital nomad capital of the world. Every time you go to a coffee shop, you see people working. They have lots of co-working spaces here, so like WeWork. You know, WeWork is the IPO from a few months ago where the founder was offered $1.7 billion to step down as chairman of the board, which is just nuts. Anyway, we met a couple last week that go to a co-working space every day, at least Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and they treat it like any other job. Then at night, and this will probably give away where I am, At night, people fill the karaoke bars and pubs, and they're looking for cheap beer and flashing lights and maybe ladyboys. Who knows? Now, when I say ladyboys, that probably gives it away. I'm not in Bangkok. I am in Chiang Mai. My guest on the podcast is living in Chiang Mai. He works at a Starbucks, not as a barista, but when I walk in there to get coffee, I see him every time I'm in there. He has two monitors set up, and so he uses Starbucks as his co-working space. Frank Decker is a software architect who has no plans to move back to the States. And since his job enables him to work from anywhere in the world, that's what he's going to do. He's, he's never going back. We talk about family, love, finances, and what it's like living in Thailand as a Westerner. Very cool story. With that, let me welcome Frank Decker. Frank, welcome to the Men Overseas podcast. Thanks a lot, Brad. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. You know, in June of last year, there were 12 boys – who played on a soccer team together and with their coach went exploring a cave in Chiang Rai, which that's in Northern Thailand, right? Is that yes. Here?
1: It's uh, in Maesai. Okay. How far is that from here? It's about a maybe four hour drive.
0: Okay. And the kids ended up getting trapped with their coach deep inside the cave yes. underneath a mountain. And yes. it was a pretty dramatic rescue that captivated the world because yes. I remember seeing it on televisions and airports. It was all over CNN. I mean, it was really an international story. Yes. And uh, from what I remember, this cave went under like 16 feet of water. There were There were parts of it that flood between November and April, so you can't go in the cave at all. Yeah. But what happened was heavy rain, there was heavy rainfall, and the kids had no choice but to go deeper into the cave mm-hmm. and eventually settled on a small rocky shelf that was a few miles from the cave entrance. Which they were actually past a place that was normally a dry point, yeah. and they were in total darkness and lost all sense of time. Yeah. But that was a big deal around here, right? Yeah. What that was only a year ago. So yeah. w- was it a big deal?
1: It was a big deal. It was on the news, and everyone was watching it. You know, in Thailand they have something called Thai oneness, where they they all care about one another. Especially when it becomes on a massive scale. You know, people they sometimes you know people come out to be a little bit not so friendly or not so kind. But in general, when there's a need, the Thai people are there to. It's part of their culture to 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 be there for one another. So when this thing happened actually because my friend also lives in Sai, and he does a youth group like organization there. So his heart is like very much tied toward this situation because he also like has his sons who play soccer and what you call football in Thailand. Um, he, he's very involved in the community. So it's a big deal and, and actually Chiang Wai is a smaller Smaller place, Mayside is a smaller place, so people are a little bit closer together to see each other more often. Yeah, it was a big deal. Everybody was on edge, because one of the problems is that, you remember there was a situation, I think it was in South America or something like that, Mm -hmm. where the kids were stuck in a... a, It was minors, wasn't it? In a minors, yeah, Yeah, yeah. in a sorry, minors, and uh, everybody got together, I mean, we're talking about eight lives, you know, so, and there were children, so... You know, when you think about children, you got children, if you have children, I have children, you know, you begin to feel for someone else's children. It becomes like an automatic response. What if that was my child, you know? Mm. What if my child was on the soccer team and they didn't tell me that they are going to go take a, you know, bicycle ride and go to the mountains and say, hey, let's go inside the cave, you know? Um, and, you know, I think that that situation teaches a lot about many things, you know? First of all, you can't predict the weather, Right. Um, if something is, is going to happen you can't always be prepared and so I think that for me um, it was a big surprise that the children got stuck in that cave and and when I think about caves you're know, you think you've been in a cave a tavern or something I never would even imagine that much water could fill up in a cave in a mountain you know mm-hmm. but nonetheless it happened the biggest part of the whole thing was not that the the children were stuck in the cave that People cared for them, and that their whole goal was to rescue them. So when you look at people living their own lives and their own way of doing things, but they come together when something like this happens. So this is touching. So we also have to be thankful that the Thai military that was involved with this rescue, they lost one. It was a huge, huge task, and very complicated one. I'm just thinking
0: about the kids. I'm sure they felt fear and maybe even terror. Uh, but they were determined to survive. I remember reading that they dug deeper into the shelf so that they could create a cavern where they could huddle together and keep warm. But they didn't have any food. And their coach was a former monk mm. and taught the boys meditation techniques, right. which I found fascinating. So they were able to, the coach was able to help them stay calm and use as little air as possible and then would tell them to lie still so that they could conserve their strengths. Alluding to what you said, the, the Thai people lost a Navy SEAL. He lost consciousness as part of a routine delivery to, deli- to deliver air tanks to the kids. So it's it was a really, really sad story. And I know that rescue teams were brought in from all over the world. And after 10 days, there was a Navy SEAL from the UK who found the kids. And I guess he was wearing a GoPro on his Mm -hmm. helmet because you can view online the moment where he rescued those kids. Mm. And when he found them, they were very thin. And the first thing they said was that they were hungry Mm. and it's, it's, it's tough to watch, man. It's pretty powerful. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask about it because I know it was a big thing around here that impacted the community. There's so many reasons to love Thailand. And one of them is the people, I, mm-hmm. I have not met more, and I've been a lot of, almost 60 countries now, and I haven't met more sincere, more genuine people, especially their gratitude. Like, they're so grateful when you do something for them and the way they put their hands together in that prayer motion and, and just bow their head and say, say thank you. It's just a really mm-hmm. sincere thing. We could learn a lot from them. How did, you, how did you end up here in Thailand?
1: Well, I never planned on coming to Thailand. I was very much in my career... Doing software development for an insurance, insurance company, and um, just like anybody else, you know, you want to find that other person in your life, you know, that makes you complete, or hopes to make you complete. So uh, I have another friend that was on Facebook. We were connected through Facebook, and I was just browsing through her friends' profile, and I saw a picture of my beautiful wife um, at the beach, smiling with the sun shining in her hair. In a nice, you know, peach blouse, and I was like, "Wow, she's pretty." But you know, at the time, she was not available. So I'm not a person to pry in other people's territory. So, but a year later, not a year, a couple of years later, um, she was just online, and she said some kind of like moan in a text, you know, on her status. And I said, "What's going on?" You know, <laughs> and then found out, you know, she was. It was actually. Uh, 3, 3 a.m. in the morning her time. So it was an interesting uh, communication. It was a very quick communication.
0: So she complained about her relationship status? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, you said, hey girl, what's up?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then so you started My communicating? Time. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, you guys got to know, you know, when they, wins, they lose, man. Yeah, that window yeah. of opportunity is small sometimes. Sure, you could probably miss like a thousand times, but if you don't jump for it, you never get it. So, I can totally relate to that story. So how long did it take for you to
0: come here and meet her after that?
1: It was actually very quick. Um, we talked. first time we talked, she said, like, can I talk to you tomorrow? And here's the funny thing. She accidentally sent me an emoji kiss that she did not intend to do the mm-hmm. night that I first talked with her. You believe her? Yeah, I do. Because... <laughs> it doesn't make sense because we didn't talk much. You know? But I was like, that's, that's interesting. So, um, but, you know, women are usually the more critical thinkers and men are, you know, more like shoot from our head kind of thing. But women are more like, I mm, don't know. You know, let me check this guy's background first, right? But, um, so, we started talking on Skype the next day and then we talked about, like, her life and my life a little bit and, there's kind of some similarities there, so kind of we had an instant connection, you know. And then um, also I was like, I was I studied Asian culture, and I was to study Chinese and Cantonese and Japanese and Korean. So you know I had uh, some some understanding of Asian cultures, not as much as I should have, I guess, coming to Thailand, you know. <laughs> it's a big big change, but um, yeah, we, I basically we talked for like a month and then I'm like well do you are you planning? you are you open to get married with someone are you she's like yes so at that point you know we, we started talking about the more details and then I went down to the to the jewelry shop and started checking out diamond rings I asked her for her size her finger you After, hadn't met her yet I hadn't met her yet but she's part of our our church group it's like you know so that made a little bit, you know, like, not such a fear, you know. Is this Buddhism? No, Christianity. Christian, okay. Um, so um, I wanted to, like, hey, we should get married. And then she's like, her, her elderly people take care of her, you know. Uh, they suggested that we meet first. And so I worked at a company, we were very busy. Always, you know, always making changes, always, you know, the boss worried about this, worried about that. So it's very shaky, you know, around sometimes. So so I wanted to go take a vacation and go see her. And I'm like, how am I going to get my boss to say yes to this? And where are you living at the time? Uh, Fullerton, California. Okay. So he said, sure. I'm like, what? So um, I got the ring, flew to Bangkok. How excited are you on the flight over? Nervous, because I have no idea. I had been to Japan before, so I knew like a little bit about Asian, you know. And so and that was kind of an interesting experience there. Had you Facetimed with her or done any kind of video? Yes, posting? yes. Of oh, course. Okay. this is not a. This was you know. This is Skype video. Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. and you did that with her for about a month before you yeah. bought the ring. Yeah. Can you? Can I ask how much you
1: spent on the ring? Not as much as I should have. <laughs> I don't know, maybe about fourteen hundred okay. U.S. dollars.
0: That's a lot in Thailand.
1: Yeah, it's a lot here. I flew to Bangkok, and then when I came off the plane, it was really hot. That's the first thing I did. Mean. Man, it's hot! Like I've never been in a country that's hot. like in the airport, I feel like we turned off the aircon and they closed up the windows and like. What year is this? This is a, when I met. It, it was two thousand fourteen.
0: Okay, and at that time you were how old? Forty one. Forty-one, and you had never been married before. No. Okay.
1: I've had i had girlfriends.
0: Yeah. Well, I married late in life too. I didn't marry until I was thirty-eight.
1: So. Yeah, I think at first, you know, when you when you when you before you get married or before you think about marriage, you know, you, you're not always so serious about life, you know, and so you just when you get married, it's not it's not a small thing. Like some people say, oh, I just got married, you know, on the spur of the moment, but. It's really not a small thing, you know, it's a lot of responsibility, it's a lot of changes. And especially if you marry someone that's different culture, different languages, you know, different way of thinking, you know. It's like, man, what if I got myself into it, right? Her English was good? Yeah. She Excellent. Had, she was studying at an English university in Bangkok, so, ABAC University. So okay.
0: So you're 41 years old. Yep. It's 2014. Yep. And you fly to Bangkok Yep, you have the ring in your pocket.
1: In my bag, but sure.
0: You're very nervous. What happens next?
1: Um, some tall girl came run right up to find me because my wife's gone kind of short. You know, especially back then because she was, you know, not having a baby yet. You know. How old um, is she? She, how old is she now or was? Either one. I can do the math quickly. Well, forgive me for saying your age, dear. Um, <laughs> she's almost thirty-five. Okay. So we're ten years apart. Okay. There's the uh and the button, uh. <laughs> she was very excited. She got me a little small seafood, like, sandwich thing to give me when she meet, greeted me. Because she considered if I'm hungry or not, which is kind of nice, you know? That is nice. I probably wasn't thinking about how she was so considerate when she gave me the sandwich, but later, as I think about it, I realized that she was very considerate. Um, big yeah. hug,
0: big kiss? How did, what was the embrace? Not a kiss. Not a kiss. Big a hug. Big a hug. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think Thai culture is not kissing in public anyways, but in, um, in general, they're more conservative, so um, yeah, and then we just we just left together. A lot of that was a little, little blur, you know, because it was an exciting moment. Um, a lot was happening like, shh, coming left and right at me being that I am you know Farang, as they call us right. Farang means a white foreigner. Oh. It's actually the same sound of the green fruit, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the fruit you drink out of? Guava. Oh, that's guava.
1: Okay. It's called uh, farang. Oh, okay.
0: guava is called In thai. thai, yeah.
1: So just in case, you know, you know, like when you go to a small community and you see a bunch of Thai kids going, farang, 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 you can say, Deng Dingmo, dengmo dengmo back to them. That means watermelon. <laughs> so it may cause them to laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it will break the ice if you're nervous. Um, yeah, it, it's um, so we we met uh, in Bangkok, and then we stayed in a nice place, actually. It's like a castle. It's called the castle. It's like this big mansion like, way out near Abak University in Bangkok. And uh, we stayed there a couple of nights, and then we took a bus, and we went down to Chiang Mai.
0: No intimacy problems the first night, no awkwardness, no. just pure excitement.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Did she look as good as you
1: expected? Yeah, she was a pretty girl. She's mm. a pretty girl. She's quiet. Mm-hmm. She was quiet, you know. Not so quiet now.
0: <laughs> now that she's comfortable with you.
1: Yeah, she was quiet. Um, we came here, we meet her friends, part of her the people she grew up with. It was like a foundation that she was part of. Um then we met her mother. How was that? That was interesting. <laughs> she said thank you for, for, for marrying my daughter, do- you know, me and my daughter, you know, and
0: Oh, so you had already popped the question
1: at the castle? I popped the question at the little hotel we were staying at into my before we met her mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did that go? Well actually, you know, I d I don't I might really have it mixed up, you know. I just remember saying can I marry your daughter? I think I asked her you know mm-hmm. and uh, in in, in uh, Thailand they have this uh culture where when you, when you marry the daughter you have to have to pay a fee to a dowry a dowry to the parents mm-hmm. and that's only for a man the man marrying the woman you have to pay a dowry I think in other countries countries there's women actually pays the man's family uh, called sinot here it's called sinat it's called sin okay so you did that? I did not do that because it was not expected. And I felt that was kind of like strange, you know, to do something like that. Plus, I wasn't loaded. So, you know. <laughs> did you talk about it with her? The mother never mentioned it. Mm. Um, because my, my my wife and I, we had discussed it, you know. Mm. We weren't going to do that. You know. So we didn't do that. Um, The mother was fine with that. Her father, on the other hand, <laughs> so far, her father and mother were not living together. They were like separated for a long time. So, he. How can I never say your husband didn't give me any money and respect? But he already has his own problems. He's like a, a, a issue person, you know. He has a lot of difficulties
0: in his life. But he felt disrespected because you didn't offer a dowry or a sinset.
1: Yeah, but he's not normal minded person. Mm. So it was just his his way of just trying to get some money, you know. Does well, she have siblings? Maybe another she sister? Does. She
0: does. She has a sister and two brothers. And did he perhaps get a dowry from that, from one of his other daughters, or the other daughter?
1: Well, first of all, uh, none of my wife's brothers married into, uh, they... they she has a daughter but her daughter never married her her sister Mm. her mother's sister her mother died she never uh, so there has never been the opportunity for that to happen Mm. okay but um, I don't I don't think they did maybe they did I think Paul might have I think he built a house for his wife Mm. at the time Uh, and uh, but uh, anyways we're a Christian group so we 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 don't like this type of Situation, so we didn't do it. So marrying an
0: American, maybe he thought it was a chance for a payday. And
1: <laughs> sometimes it's like that, and it's often like that.
0: Yeah, especially I hear in northern, northern North thailand, thai-land, thailand, right?
1: Well, it's not known norm- normally young men, but older men that get get cheated. Because mm. older men, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not long in this world. You know, I need someone to comfort me. I'm retired. I got money. You know. And so they just they just spend all the money and you know, show off, you know. Because in Thailand, you know, especially in 2014 and earlier, you know, the money went a long ways, the U.S. dollar. Like I think back then it was like 36 baht to the dollar.
0: Now it's 30.
1: Now it's 30, which is a big difference, you know. So, but they, they, that's, that's another thing, too. They cost, A lot of foreigners cause a lot of problems because of their, their money, you know.
0: Well, I've experienced that because I started coming to Thailand in 2014, and I was told that Phadang's come here. Am I saying it right? Phadang. Phadang, Phadang. Phadang's come here, which is the white Westerner. And they
1: say rong.
0: Phadang. rong, yeah. They come here, and they throw their money around, they which didn't... raises the price of everything.
1: Well, actually, not that. Um, the Chinese, incoming of the Chinese coming to Thailand causes the prices to go up because imagine a million people – come into a small country you know, no matter you know, what country it is. You keep bringing a big influx of people, you know, constantly coming in your country as tourists, the money's gonna come, you know.
0: And so. things are so inexpensive here and they're so, sin- so sincere with their thank you it makes you want to give them more. The first time I ever mm-hmm. ordered room service here it was a full breakfast of eggs and ham and croissant and beans and rice and everything you could want in a breakfast with coffee and orange juice and it was four dollars and thirty two cents for room service and so I handed her six dollars bought equivalent and she was so grateful I wanted to give her more money and then I thought here I am doing what I don't want people to do which is raise the cost of everything by throwing their money around but you almost can't help it because they're so grateful for what you give them and I'm experiencing that here now, although I have noticed the prices of things have increased. Um, for example, we had a cleaning lady come here the other day, and it mm-hmm. was 400 baht. That's $12. So it's easy
1: to see how people could throw money around. But well, one thing you have to keep in mind is that when the cost goes up, the, the salaries for the Thai people don't go up.
0: Is that why massages have stayed the same price? Because I've noticed there is no inflation from 2014 for the price of massages. They are about 200 to 300 baht, which is six and a half dollars to nine dollars. Is
1: possible that that the massage person who's working there is like a contractor and they get all the money, maybe, mm. for their chair? Possibly.
0: Well, one thing I noticed is that there is a massage place about every third shop. And sometimes you'll go in there and there'll be nobody there. So they'll get on the phone and they'll just call someone from a, yeah. a shop next door. Mm-hmm. So that's common. One thing I'm curious about, as you entered your late 30s, early 40s, and you had not yet been married, yeah. did you consider marrying someone who wasn't American versus marrying someone who was American? To be truthful, when
1: you talk about American, we talk about American... Caucasian, or are we talking about, because even, like, there's American Thai, there's American Chinese, there's American Korean, Japanese, African American, so, in, in America, they do have Asians, you know, and an Asian was, uh, not my fetish, but I was more attracted to an Asian woman than a non-Asian woman, let's say. And so, by not
0: your fetish, you mean your fetish? <laughs> well, I mean, because I don't go, like, I'm just kidding.
1: go crazy over it, you know, some people do.
0: Um, Well, I know that there are a lot of single men who are disgruntled with the American female now because of the wave of feminism that has swept through America. So it wouldn't matter the hyphen, whether they're Asian American or Latina American. I'm just talking about the American values that have been instilled in them from a young age that makes them a little bit different. Makes them a little more, let's say, aggressive or masculine or aloof and detached or arrogant, and and those sorts of things. And maybe that's unfair. Um, I don't want to blanket all of them, but I mean, I could say equally negative things about uh, the American male and myself. So
1: um,
0: anyway, sometimes it's it's warranted. I know a lot of men are, are seeking marriage elsewhere.
1: I think what men look for first, because men are stupid, right, is we look for looks. Is she pretty? Like, you're driving the car, you get distracted because a pretty girl walks down the street. That's what distracts you, you know. Hopefully that's not what makes you marry them. But, uh, you know, it definitely is a, a distraction. And
0: <laughs> Initially, it's what attracts you to them, at least. Yeah,
1: usually the, the, the when you're attracted to someone, so a lot... People come to Thailand for different reasons, obviously. You know, like, people go to Thailand to be an entrepreneur or even low, low, low overhead, right? Um... It is what we're referring, though, to the women, you know, obviously fighting a woman. But people come to Thailand to, to for low, low cost. Some come to Thailand to to play around with women. Some come to Thailand to, to meet a woman that would probably love them that no other woman in the world would love them, right? Because they're just too broken. So, for me, I just came to Thailand because my wife was in Thailand hmm That's
0: where she was. So let's get back to that. You get engaged, and then what happens from there?
1: So we agreed that we would not get married for one year. So as we were going on there, going toward the, the airport, my wife said, please don't cry at all. So I didn't cry for a year. Um, I didn't cry for a year. And I went back home, and I worked hard, and I saved money, and I started the, putting money in the bank. And then um, at about five months before I moved to Thailand, I, I I rented a house for her to stay in. Not a big one, a small one.
0: Tell me about that decision to move to Thailand. At what point did you make that decision?
1: When I when I realized that it would not be easy for her to come to America yet, America is very strict on the entry into America, and uh, she had to have all her paperwork in order, and it wasn't on order, so if we're going to be together, I don't want this long, term, you know, long-distance relationship as a, as, a, as a married couple. That's ridiculous for me. So uh, I decided if I'm going to marry her, I'm going to move wherever she is. If she cannot come, I will
0: go. So I went. So you get engaged. You're living in America for a year. You said you rented her a house? Yeah, I rented her a house. I was a house. Okay. So you, was that a one-bedroom, two-bedroom house? Is that something you Four planned? Four-bedroom
1: house. It was a townhouse. A little bit outside the city, in the in, uh, in the Mayrim area.
0: Okay. And is it a house that you plan to share with her once you moved here? Yes. Do you mind me asking what you paid for that house?
1: <laughs> Sixty-five hundred baht.
0: Sixty-five hundred baht is roughly nothing. Three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. You pay. You owned the house. No rent. Okay. You rented the house. Okay. Wow. Three hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So you could easily afford that, making a salary as a software architect? software
1: architect yeah
0: okay definitely okay so you're putting aside money about a year later after getting engaged you decide that you're going to did you sell all your possessions in america or did you get a storage unit
1: yeah i, I sold my car i didn't have too much okay. because while we were in, uh, engaged i started like simplifying my life like before i lived in a Five bedroom apartment, you know, uh, with a bunch of roommates right next to uh, Fullerton uh, State University and uh, living the life, you know, living nice, air conditioner 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not having to pay it, you know, (laughs) and uh, eating nice food, living a simple life, you know. And did you talk with her every day? No, so, so before I got engaged with her, I was living the high life, spending a lot of money, eating steak, eating sushi, just. but once I got married with her, I, I moved into a small $700 room in a house, and uh, yeah, I lived very simply after that, in order to, to prepare myself for a new life. That sounds like something I would do. So
0: you moved here and continued to live simply?
1: At first, we lived in a, a small house for $6,500 a month. What's interesting about Thailand, you guys who don't know, is that Thailand is very slow in the daytime, but at nighttime it wakes up. Like, it's like they're sleeping all day, and then at nighttime everything wakes up. All the stores open up, lights are everywhere, You know, there's action all over the place. And it happens till like at least 12 o'clock at night. Hmm. Partake in the nightlife a little bit, you and your wife? He was talking about bar scene. I don't do that. Don't, mm-hmm. no. um, we go to you know, the, the, the malls, the restaurants.
0: It's funny you mentioned she was humble. So men get married hoping women won't change, and they do. And, of course, women get married hoping that men will change, and they don't. <laughs> it's yep. a common mm-hmm. common theme. So how was your employer about you moving out of the country? Did you keep that same job?
1: Yeah. He changed my, my the money he gives me. I had all the benefits and everything like that in America, but moving to Thailand, no benefits.
0: Okay, so they cut your health insurance? Mm Mm-hmm. And how does vacation time work? Uh, No vacation time. No vacation time. I was no
1: longer an employee, I was a
0: contractor. Oh, you became a contractor. Did that boost your hourly pay, or did they adjust your pay for the cost of living in Thailand?
1: I lost about maybe $600. A month? Yep.
0: That's not too bad.
1: I and mean, to me, it's, it's not that good either. Yeah,
0: and why, what was their rationale? The,
1: the, boss, the bosses, you know, bosses, they're always about making money and any opportunity they can cut the cost. You know, they say, this is what it is. If you don't like it, don't work for me. That's how they are. So mm-hmm. they had to adjust for to me too because now I'm in, I'm in Thailand, you know. It was not easy because uh, do I talk to in his morning or my late nights? Mm-hmm. So often I often have to talk to him late at night because it's for his convenience. his relaxation, you know, it's, it's an easier life. So I was all right. I mean, I was already like a night owl, so it was okay. Probably more of a night owl than before.
0: So what do you do for health insurance now? Cash. Oh, you pay all cash.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm sure that comes out cheaper than getting like an international plan through Cigna or somebody like that.
1: I never looked into it, um, but I'm sure it's cheaper, yeah um We're not. We don't have that that health plan like Thai people have, which is like the 30 bot 30 bot plan, where they go to the hospital, pay 30 bot and get coverage services. So it's pretty nice, but they have to wait really, 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 really long because a lot of Thai people go to the hospital to get checked. So I go to Lana Hospital right over here off of the freeway, and it's great. I mean. It doesn't cost me that much, and, uh, and I, have, I have to go every 90 days or so because I have a thyroid problem, and I'm okay with it, and not too long of a wait, so I'm, I'm okay with it.
0: And the services are good?
1: Services are good. My wife, my wife had a baby there as well. Um, it was really great because we basically would have to go first every month, and then every two weeks, and then every week up to the delivery of the child. And she was covered by the
0: nationalized healthcare or the no, thirty bot program? She
1: was covered by the the Frank Endowments. <laughs> so she paid yeah. cash also? I, I pay cash. I pay for
0: everything. Do you mind me asking how much it cost for well, let's say throughout the pregnancy for nine months and then yeah. thereafter,
1: roughly? The delivery was like twenty something thousand wow. dollars or bot. And, but the whole thing, I'd say, including all her food, <laughs> is about eighty thousand. Yeah, eighty thousand, eighty thousand baht.
0: Okay, eighty thousand baht is about two hundred and sixty dollars, roughly. I'm, I'm sorry, eighty thousand baht. Yeah, it's cheap. I think mean, in America it's like twenty-six hundred dollars. Sorry, I, I.
1: Yeah, it's cheap like in Thailand. Maybe it's cost.
0: Decimal in the wrong place.
1: In Thailand, I mean, in America, it costs you like twenty thousand US dollars to the baby.
0: Yeah, so about ten percent of the cost to do it here,
1: super cheap. So, and it wouldn't
0: matter if you were Thai or if you were American, right? Because you didn't you didn't use the the Thai nationalized health care.
1: No, I think I think a lot of Thai people are insured here, so it's like almost like everyone is insured unless they're very very, very 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 poor, but they probably still got the thirty baht insurance. But um, it can still cost money, like. Sometimes people they want to get married in a nice, I and mean we married. They want to have a baby in a nice hospital, like Bangkok Hospital. That costs like 150,000 baht.
0: Mm. What about your baby being an American citizen? Is that possible? Would that be easily done? He is an American citizen. Oh, why is that? Because you're American? Yes. Interesting. Because
1: America says so. Okay. It's uh, based on the policy of your country. So, our policy of our country is if you're born, you have an American father and you know, or American mother, you're born, you know, no matter where you're born, you're American citizen. That's our, our policy. But because it's Thailand, because his mom is Thai, she, he's also a Thai citizen. Now, well, outside, hmm? outside
0: of cost, what is the most appealing thing about living in Thailand? You think simplicity. Simplicity. You think that stems from the Buddhist nature of. Of their culture.
1: I don't mean people being simple. I mean life is simple. It's easy. like yeah. uh, For me, um, you know, I have a lot of opinion about people in Thailand, but I don't want to share that. Um, it's a different mindset here. You know, most people, probably in Thailand, originally were farmers, right? Most just farmers. So. Um, very simple people, very simple life, you know. So when the Western world approached upon Thailand and Chinese and changing things up a little bit, bringing in business, you know, it it changed a lot of things for people, you know. I think before people were simple-minded and then after that they became needy. More materialistic, want, and even not only in want, but entitled.
0: Entitled, maybe greedy.
1: Entitled, meaning that everything should be for me. Mm. So even their driving is like that. I'm driving the car. I turn right, I turn left. That's all mine. They don't care all the time about, okay, the person coming on the other side of the road is already there. (laughs) I don't care. I want to go there. Mm. And if that person doesn't stop, they may have an accident. That's kind of surprised me. In America, we have that sometimes, too, but we also have something called police that would just, like, arrest those people. <laughs> in Thailand is, is, is not such a police system to enforce those kind of situations. So it must be nice, still. I know
0: you took a $600 a month pay cut, but you're being paid in American dollars, and you get yeah. to live
1: here. I make my own hours. That's the biggest difference than living in America. I mean, I literally make my own hours, so I work when I want to work. Of course... I have a standard, so I work more hours than if I was in America. But I have a standard, you know, where um, I will not allow myself to be lazy, even though I'm in a place where no one's watching me. I just I cannot accept that.
0: I'm the same way. Uh, how would you characterize the way that you approach your life and work?
1: Um, I I know that I am. A father, husband, and so an employee or a contractor. So I have responsibilities and I have to keep those responsibilities no matter where I am. And I'm always thinking about what happens if tomorrow I don't have my job, you know. So I got to work hard to keep the boss happy so that you know I can keep supporting my family. That's a big deal to me, you know. I, I don't want to. My father was not that way. My mother was not that way. My mother and father were not, you know, responsible people, but very irresponsible people. So that probably instilled in me the desire to not be irresponsible by default, you know.
0: I I call them anti-role models. They can be powerful. Those who demonstrate by their way of being how not to be. Mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot of that and learned a lot from people just by their negative examples, um, so yeah, I know that you work hard. I, I see you just about every time I go into Starbucks, and you've got your two screens set up. Is that yes. is that where you work every day? We met at Starbucks. Is that where you? Yeah, that's so
1: where I work almost every day. Has there
0: been a prevalence of Starbucks in Chiang Mai? Have you noticed them sprouting up everywhere in the last few years?
1: Well, I know that Starbucks is a profitable business in Thailand because people. Want to feel posh, you know? Mm. So they go there to like, let me take the Starbucks. And then this particular Starbucks that you met me at, it's the most posh because it has the beer-like type of you know coffee, you know, from the the drum, you know, with the foam and you know, they have ice cream in your coffee, like some kind of special, like high in you know coffee drink, like you might have here in Milan or something like that. So. It, people have had that; they have the, they're, they're attracted to that, you know. So, and when we at, I, I'm not gonna tell you where it is because I don't want you to go there too because there'll be no spots left. But um, it's good; it's good.
0: Yeah, I like working there too, and it is kind of built in the mold of of Thai culture, the way the wood is. And, and yeah, you're right; they have a separate bar where you can get a French press, for example, which I've I've not seen anywhere else in the world. And I try to visit Starbucks everywhere I go. Um, if you wanted a reason, and I don't and I don't recommend investing in individual stocks, but one of the things that I've noticed recently, which would be reason to invest, I went to Prague first in 2015. Or no, 20, yeah, 2015 for my 35th birthday. Since then, there have been, well, even in the last year, there have been 15 new Starbucks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Prague isn't that big of a place, it's not that big of a city. And the average wage there happens to be the same that it is here, which is about $800 U.S. Dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And do you know, just as it is here, when you walk into Starbucks there, they it's hard to find a, a place to sit, mm-hmm. which is astounding to me because the average wage is $800 a month, yet they're spending $5 on a cup of coffee, which tells me that people will spend money regardless of their income or, or what percentage of their income they might be spending every month on coffee because mm-hmm. most people don't pay attention to how much they're spending anyway. So my question for you, <laughs> somewhat related, uh, do you how much money do you spend every day at Starbucks? Do you buy a coffee every time you go? Uh,
1: well, at first I used to drink, you know, like a ice mocha, which I, I really loved. But what I'm finding, as I've been living in Thailand for now almost five years, is that I cannot drink milk anymore. Mm. So I got to cut out the milk. You're locked, lactose intolerant. I'm becoming lactose intolerant. You know, not yeah. by choice. You think that has something to do with their milk here? It has to do with milk.
0: Just milk in general.
1: Milk has you know the the, lact- the lactate inside the milk causes me to uh, my body not having the enzyme to break down the, the lactate you know causes me to uh, have stomach irritation. Is that your? Is that an age thing? It is an age thing. Yeah.
0: Shit, I gotta watch out for that.
1: <laughs> yes. And um, I also have other belly, belly issues with Thailand. I mean, I got foot poisoning before, and I was in the hospital for a week, and so it kind of probably messed up my, my, my belly a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you know we have good and ba- good bacteria and bad bacteria in the belly. So the good bacteria is. Is good for fighting out bad bacteria. So when you don't have much good bacteria left, you get lost lot of stomach problems. So
0: I eat a lot of yogurt mm-hmm. and drink a lot of kombucha, kombucha for that reason, to try to get the healthy I, gut.
1: I eat the yogurt, but I don't eat the kombucha. Mm. That's it's a drink. Not, it's too sour for me. Uh,
0: they have some uh, honey ginger lemon at this salad place right here. I have some if you want to try. It's really good.
1: Do you live on a budget? We. My wife likes to calculate a budget. Oh, that's good. But I do... To answer your question earlier, though, I drink an ice americano.
0: Okay. I
1: bought my own Starbucks cup for 1,200 baht, and I fill it up, get a 10, 10 baht off. So I only pay 95 baht for a cup of americano, ice americano. So my budget is like 95 baht a day for coffee. And then I splurge on going out to eat sometimes of like Indian food or something local, nearby. we found that
0: oftentimes it's cheaper to eat out than it is to cook at home.
1: Yes, sometimes, but it's not always. Right. And the problem you'll find that if you live in Thailand long enough is that you're gonna get stomach issues, especially no matter who you are, you're gonna get food poison eventually, especially if you're eating on the vendors in the street. For those who know, yes, vendors are cheaper. You can pay 35 baht to 40 baht for the food. But you don't know how they prepare the food before. And it's also sometimes when it's hot outside and that meat's sitting in the heat. I'm sure some bacteria is growing on that. So you eat that food too often or more often you eat that kind of food you're going to have more stomach issues. Everybody has stomach issues. Even Thai people have stomach issues with the food here sometimes. Mm. So you, you you mix the problem with spicy along with some um, bacteria in your food, and you're going to have a belly issues. Mm. So it's good to stay away from the street food if you can, even though it will save you money.
0: Yeah, we've been getting for breakfast probably three days a week There's a vendor right outside of here, Mm -hmm. and he makes an omelet with rice and has this awesome spicy sauce that he gives you a little bag of, and I love it. And it's so cheap and so easy. So this omelet with rice is 25 baht, which is about, what, 83 cents. I mean, it's so inexpensive, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did buy a coffee maker from Tesco. Tesco mm-hmm. is like the... Tesco Lotus. Yeah, Tesco Lotus. is like a mini Walmart. And that coffee maker was only $10. So yeah, it's cheap. People are curious how much it would cost to move to a place like this and live comfortably.
1: Comfortably? Okay. About $1,500 a month.
0: $1,500 a month here yeah. you could live comfortably. And that's with a one-bedroom apartment. Is that having a car?
1: Well, I mean, a car is expensive in Thailand. You're talking about buying a car. Okay, so how do you get around? No, 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 You can use Grab or you can take the red truck or you can walk. They also the public bus that has like a schedule that you can go on. How do you get to Starbucks in the line? Me I drive my truck. Okay, so you do have a truck. Did I you do, yes. did you pay cash
0: for it or do you pay for it monthly?
1: I pay for it monthly.
0: Okay. And what year is the truck? It's a two thousand and nineteen. Twenty nineteen truck. Yeah. So it was brand new. How much did you how much is your monthly payment?
1: The original the original payment is one point. Well, original cost is one point seven million. Bot. Bot. Uh, our down payment was three hundred thousand bot, and then we paid forty eight thousand bot a month for two years. Okay, so
0: one point seven million bot is about fifty thousand, about fifty six thousand dollars. How much did you say your monthly payment was on the truck? Forty eight thousand. And so are you able to save some money? Yes. Okay. Do you have a retirement plan, or how are you saving?
1: We are saving based on our needs. So our need initially was in Thailand that we have to have 400,000 baht in the bank in order to have a spouse visa in Thailand. So we were adding up to that 400,000, putting that into a savings account. You had to have 400,000 baht in the bank.
0: Which is about thirteen thousand U.S. dollars.
1: Thirteen, fourteen thousand. And sorry, your
0: car payment you said was forty. Forty-eight thousand. Okay, so that is about um, sixteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Okay, that's a really nice truck.
1: It is. I'll show it to you afterwards.
0: <laughs> okay, so you you got sixteen hundred dollar a month car payment. You've got your house payment is about a about six hundred dollars. So about two thousand dollars. less. So, so, yeah. so there you spent twenty-two hundred dollars. You probably spend maybe five hundred dollars on food. Okay, and then so you're making an American salary, which I imagine is almost six figures. Something. I mean, it's it's really solid, it's right? It's close to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're still able to save money. How do you go about saving it? Do you save it in a an American Vanguard or Fidelity type company? Or
1: I am not a wise investor, so I just keep it in the bank.
0: Okay, in yeah. a savings account. Okay.
1: Um,
0: do you ever consider moving back to the states? No. Never. So you're 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 in Thailand for good.
1: I mean. The America that I left is not the America I would return to. It's changed so much. There's so much me, 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 and so much, especially because of uh, Facebook and uh, Snapchat and Instagram, it's caused people to be so self-centered, right? So self-centered. So you, you can't even blame, like in Thailand, I guess, the people who are self-centered here. It's because everyone's becoming more self-centered. This is all about me. That's what we call it, a selfie, self-centered photo, you know. Um, but I don't like that attitude. I'm not, I don't consider myself to be self-centered, you know. Um, I'm not the most important thing. Right now my son is the most important thing. And my wife is second and then I'm third. Although my wife is saying that she thinks that I think that I'm the most important. <laughs> Ask her who gets all the money, who gets all the tell her off how often do I do I go buy myself this and go buy myself that it's very rare I'll ask you some fun quick questions okay. and then we'll wrap up so do you have a favorite book? I, I well, my favorite book is the Bible so just let you guys know I'm a Christian um, it is my favorite book I can mention a person that I can recommend you listen to Gary Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk. this man is a person who put his his money where his mouth is. He's a someone that who is a celebrity not by choice but by accident. He is someone that just has the work ethic and the uh, entrepreneur attitude since since he was a, a teenager, even before a teenager. And he's also got more than a four million dollar company. You know, and more than one company. He's got a he's got a the Vander Media Company, he's got um, I, it's like, I think it's like an, it's an entrepreneur-like thing he's doing where he's helping small businesses to, to become successful. Um, and he just branched out to, to, to England. So this guy is, is like, he knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, he's on fire right now. Um, what I'm inspired now to do most is to provide value to others. And I am also a fan of the Bible. And when I pray, I ask God to shine through me you know just allow me to be a conduit to provide value to other people mm-hmm. and Gary Vee is all about that he's one of the things i like most about Gary Vee is he's unapologi- unapologetically himself he's he's genuine and authentic but he's also high on self-awareness and for those who are not self-aware just the concept will hopefully get people thinking about it and studying it one of my favorite books on self-awareness is is in this stack here, and I can't turn it around because the microphone is is sitting on it, but it's called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Mm. It was written in the 80s. All of the principles are just as applicable today. Next question. Have you heard people in Thailand talk about Donald Trump? Yes. They talk about him a lot?
1: Thai people or foreigners? Well, I know
0: foreigners do, because I hear his name said just as much as like... Like, how do I know that I hear Americans, I can hear like said a lot, and I hear Donald Trump's name
1: said a lot? I just think people laugh. So Thai people are just laughing? Just laughing, yeah, this guy's a little bit crazy. Um, But you know, the thing is, we don't know these people. You know, we don't know, everything is a performance, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a strategic performance, you know? So, yes, people talk about Donald Trump. Um, I tell them I have no opinion, so. That's probably wise.
0: What advice would you give your 18-year-old self who just graduated from high school?
1: Don't worry about the future. Just work really hard. Don't be lazy, and don't, don't spend so much money. Don't spend so much care on the latest gadgets and the latest technology. Just study hard and learn hard and try to Adapt to what's going on around you. Like for technical people who want to do programming, development, so learn like C programming, learn PHP, learn Python, learn MySQL, learn SQL, learn all the stuff. JavaScript, learn it all. Just so learn it, learn it, learn it. And don't say I now know enough because you never know enough because today's technology is going to be gone and there'll be t- There'll be tomorrow's technology. So a good, smart person is someone who never thinks he knows everything and is always willing to learn something new. That's what I tell myself. Dummy, be open. Keep learning.
0: That is great advice. Because so much of what you said comes with age. And you didn't know this stuff at 18. But as you get older, you learn the value of hard work. You begin to care less what other people think you know through experience that the grass isn't greener on the other side it's green where you water it um it's important to save money and not spend it on stupid stuff which is sort of tied to caring less what other people think yeah if you're spending money to impress people that don't care about you you're wasting your money you're wasting your life you've Restricted your freedom, right? Because you're going to be dependent on your boss more. You'll have less room in negotiating your salary because you're dependent on your income. You need to get out of debt as soon as you can because money compounds and you can't allow the compounding process to take root until you get rid of your debt and you're on the positive uh, side of your net worth ledger, let's call it. And I love what you said about learning because learning compounds the same way that money
1: does. Yeah.
0: Everything you learn can be connected to other concepts that you've learned. Yes. If someone dropped a million dollars in your lap tomorrow, what would you do with it? I'd be scared. (laughs) Why is that? Because of the, um, you said that that's one thing that you really haven't learned is how to manage money properly. Is that why?
1: No, because someone just gives something to me without me earning it. It's like, I'm not going to have any pride in it. And so if, you, if someone just gives you something, what, what valuable lesson are you getting from that? I mean, that just basically jumps over a bunch of lessons that you would not ever receive because you, you got that money. And also, if you are bad at $10, you're going to be bad at a $1 million.
0: That's exactly right. That's why lottery winners go broke often. But I've never had anybody answer the question that
1: way, which yeah. is is really interesting. I would pay all my debts. That's for sure. If I had a million, I'd pay all my debts.
0: How much debt do you have total? You think?
1: Um, about fifteen thousand. Well, that's not bad. Dollars. Yeah, but the thing is, okay, guys, just forget the credit cards, man. Anything, just be happy with what you got, you know. And then work hard if you want something more. And then you'll be happy that you did it because you'll feel like okay. I have done this, and that's why I have this, so.
0: Is that how you justified paying such a high price for a car because you work so hard?
1: Me? I bought the car because we needed a car. Um, in Thailand, all cars are expensive. Mm. Um, in America, we don't pay import tax. In mm. Thailand, they pay import tax. It's a small price to pay, actually, for reliability, for safety, you know, you know, I don't actually. I don't have any. I don't have any crazy reason why I bought it. So mm.
0: If you could go to the moon, but you had to be gone for six months, and it would double the debt, the amount of debt that you have now, mm-hmm. would you go? No.
1: Why not? Because debt is like a is like a dung hole, man. You have to climb out of it. You know why 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 go somewhere just to get in a dung hole? You know how about just like avoid the dung hole altogether? You know.
0: So if space travel gets a lot better and more convenient that you don't have any desire to maybe see Earth from outer
1: space? Not really. I mean, I'm a simple person, like I'm happy with simple situations. That's mm. that's another important thing to do is to be simple. The more simple you are it doesn't mean be stupid. Be simple means don't expect so much. Don't my wife thinks that I'm not simple. But I'm pretty simple compared to when I was living in America.
0: Would it be okay if somebody had a question about living in Thailand or connect with you about maybe finding a job that they could work remotely and they just wanted to connect with someone? Sure. They can connect with me. Cool. How can they find you?
1: Um, I have a domain name, um, which is um, hard to, I to spell it out. So it's D as in Delta, Z as in Zebra, I as in Internet, N, E E Eagle, R as Ralph, design com. And my email is Frank at design com. And that word, that name came from that I love design and I love engineering. So I combined them together and I made the first design, design year. Yeah. Spell that again D Z I N E E R dot com. Design year. Got it.
0: All right, Frank, this was really enjoyable, dude. That was some serious insight on living in Thailand, and I'm glad to have met you and glad to have a new friend in Thailand, man. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot, Brad. All awesome. right.
0: Friends, thank you for listening. I, um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here and, and hearing his story, and I never take it lightly that you've chosen to spend your time with us, so thank you. Oh, I've been sending gifts— from Thailand to those who interact with me on the blog or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you like getting surprises in the mail, leave a review on Apple, send it to me or lady overseas and we'll send you something. Also, if you wish to follow my adventures on Twitter and Instagram, I am at man underscore overseas. Thank you, folks.